Yeah. Yeah. So he just straight runs into the door, shoulders it, knocks the whole thing off the frame. It's not like he just pushes it inwards. He knocks the whole door off the frame. Top hinge and bottom hinge, same time. No problem. And then him and Ray run out and then they grab Gilda and they're like, no matter what, they have to do the inspection because they'll never get another chance. Mom knows the cover is blow. Go, 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 go. go. What's up? We are the Otaku Couple. I am Mrs. Otaku. And I'm Mr. Otaku. And this is the I'd Rather Anime Podcast number 30. This is your place to catch up on all things anime, new and old, with a lovely addition of our opinions, thoughts, and banter. We know you could be doing other things, so we're glad that you'd rather anime with us. Yes, so what we watched this week, One Piece, of course, episode 875, Big Mom finally ate the cake. We've been waiting for like 75 episodes, and she's finally eating the cake. Yeah. I'm just kind of glad that at this point, it's over. Like, we've been seeing her chase this cake for what I feel like is a lifetime. And I know in the One Piece universe, it's only been like a couple of hours. But I feel like it's been several months. It has. It has been several months. Yep. It's been almost a year. (laughs) Actually, it might have been more than a year. Of her just chasing the cake? Yeah. Yeah. At least that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. (laughs) It's like an eternity. But she finally got the cake, and of course, it was delicious. And I love how Beige was just finally like, okay, look, I've indulged you long enough. We're getting out of here. We're getting out of here. You can watch, but you need to watch while we're running away, because we're gone. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I love that he, I still, and when he does that tread thing, mm-hmm. when he turns his legs into those t- treads and just zooms away, I just, I just think that's cool. Yeah. And then we also have, you know, Jinbei reuniting with the Sun Pirates yeah. one more time. Mm-hmm. They saved him, created a path for him on the sea to escape until Oven had to just show up. He, I guess he's the opposite of Aokiji because instead of freezing the ocean, he, he boils boiled it. it. And the fishermen are like, woo, ha, too hot. It's too hot. Man. So they had to dive deeper into the sea and then Big Mom Pirates. The Queen take, Mama Shanter showed up. The, yeah. The, the, the big ship, the, the one that ship. sings. Mm-hmm. Showed up and it's really big and it has a lot of guns and it was just bombarding them. Yeah, and it was kind of creepy because Big Mama singing this song about rotten puppies, about how good the cake is, and there are like clips between Big Mom eating the cake and the Straw Hats being bombarded by the Queen Chanteer, and it's just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. So that's just how it is. So yeah, that was that. Um, I'm looking forward to next week because at the end. They kind of alluded to the fact that they sank the Straw Hat ship, and it's just like... Yeah, I tried to make it seem like they shank, sank the ship, but I didn't feel... I didn't feel the same weight as I did when I read that part in the manga. Like, yeah. in the manga, it was it's like... It's like, obviously, oh. you know what's going to happen next. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everybody knows what's going to happen next, but it's just like... And that this isn't the end of the journey, but still, you know... Imagine if we lived in a world where, like, there weren't spoilers everywhere. And so, like, everyone didn't know, okay, the next arc is Wano. And this is what we're doing, you know? And, like, 
imagine like we're back in the 90s and it's before internet yeah before internet before this world was so connected and before everybody if one person knows something now everybody, everybody knows, knows something it. now yeah. and then it's just like imagine that you don't know what's gonna happen next so you watch this episode and you're just like oh is this how one piece ends do they die at the hands of big ball and then you what? see the next episode preview and then you're that like, spoils it nah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was good it was a good episode yeah. Um, I think the part that I've been waiting on to see animated comes in the next episode. So, I'm looking forward to that. Alright. Um, let's move on. Black Clover. Um, They're still at the Hot Springs training camp. And as we told you from last week, um, Asta was trying to make it up this mountain. And the only way you can get up there is with mana skin. And so, of course, Asta has no mana. So, he had a real problem. But instead... We got a growth moment that I wasn't actually prepared for to happen so soon. I wasn't prepared for it, but I'm really glad that they kind of paint the picture. Like, Asta realizes that... I feel like Asta, in a lot of ways, is like Goku. Like, he's really dumb. But when it comes to, like, training and getting stronger, like, that is his skill. That is his force. He's able to figure it out. He's able to figure it out. Because everyone else is doing the mana skin. He's like, I don't have mana. And, you know, this isn't a situation where my muscles and my guts are just going to get me through. Yeah, I like the fact that he realized, like... You know, this isn't one of those situations where I can power through. There's nothing I can physically do to get me up this mountain. So I have to think of something else. Yeah, and thank you. That doesn't involve mono because I don't have that. Yeah, and he's thinking, he's like, oh my God, my brain, it hurts. Thinking is so hard. But then he's like, oh wait, when I fought the Queen of the Witches, I had that power. I need to figure out how to access that power. And you know what I like? I like that he figured it out in such a short time period and this wasn't like a five episode arc of him trying to figure out how to access his untapped power. And I also like the fact that he did it on his own. Like he used the knowledge that had been previously told to him and then applied it to this situation mm-hmm. to figure out, okay, this power is com- am coming from this sword. So how do I get this power to flow through my whole body like it did before? Yeah, is it, is, he's like, should it be like a river? No, it should be more like a ring. And so he's like, what feels the most comfortable to make it like that? And he just lifts the sword, puts both hands on it. He's like, yeah, this feels right. This stance feels right. And then... And then he just focuses and let it circle through his whole body. And of course, he can control it once he got in that form. But he made it up the mountain, which was the point. Yeah, and he made it before a bunch of other people. Yep. So there's that too. Yeah, because some people didn't make it until the until nightfall when the thing goes dormant. So, I mean, that's like cheating. I mean, yeah. anybody can make it up there then. Yeah. And it's like, the uh, I think it was like pretty much all of the Crimson Lions because he was like, she was like, you got to do it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were just like, yeah. Like, that's one not, thing I do yeah. kind of like not about Not all the- of them, but most of them. Most of them didn't make it. Yeah, but uh, what's the one? I can't remember his name, but the one who always says that Asta is his rival. He's the youngest. Uh, I think is it the Vermilion family? Yeah, he's he's that he's the young son of the Vermilion family. Yeah, so he um, he's like, I'll do it a thousand more times. And she's like, No, you're gonna do it ten thousand more times. He's like, Okay, and all of them, even though they're like dead tired and wiped out, they're like okay, you're the leader, you're trying to make us stronger, we're going to keep doing this until we meet your standards. Yep. You know? And it's nice to see that instead of a bunch of whining like, uh, oh my god, I don't want to do it. Ah, she's so mean. We can't do this, we'll never make it. Like, they they all had, like, real heart, and they showed that, like, hey, we're trying their best. Not all of them 
their level of best isn't the same as other people's level of best. I mean, obviously, you know, made it up there, no problem. Asta, you know, it took him some time, but he still made it up there. He still made it up there, you know. And it's just kind of like I think for them, I guess it's one thing to like not beat you know, but it's a completely different thing to not beat Asta because it's like, come on, man, he doesn't even have magic, and he beat us up here. Come on, <laughs> yeah. But I don't think anybody really seemed to take it that way in this particular case with this particular group of people, well, which I thought was nice. No, I mean we don't really get into the the whole backstory and the the what's in the minds of all of them because really they're just extra characters. Let's That's just true. be real here. But I'm thinking that it's like it kind of that moment kind of reminded me like that Shokugeki moment in the fall selection where uh, naked dude is talking to the evil glasses dude on the on the tin and he's like, oh no, everybody hates Soma because. They're like, they have to realize that he's not pure talent. He's nothing but hard work. And when you look at that, you have to look at yourself. And they don't like that. Because they have to acknowledge that they're not where he is because they're not willing to put in the work. And I feel like it's sort of the same situation with Asta. It's like, he has no talent for magic. He has no magic at all. So it's like, if he's come this far, it's by sheer hard work and willpower. And it's like, if you, who has have magic, can't go as far as him, it's like, that's all on you. Because you're not at half the disadvantage that he's at. Yeah, I'm just going to reiterate the same thing that you just said. But it's just like, it's so good to see, like, how they work so hard or whatever. In this case, we're talking about Asa. He works hard and when other people look at him, it's like, if you acknowledge the fact that he's good and that he may even be better than you, and it's like, he doesn't have the same advantages that you have, that means the only excuse that you have for not being as good or better than him is the fact that you don't work hard. Yeah. So basically, it's like, to acknowledge him is the same thing as acknowledging that you don't work hard enough, which I know is just what you just said, but it's just like, it's tough. It's tough. It's just like... And that makes you willing to climb an active volcano with a bunch of crazy mana that it's probably high chance of killing you a thousand more times. Yeah. But all right, that's enough about Black Clover. Um, I think this episode was the last one for the Hot Springs training arc. Yeah, I think they start the Royal Knights exam the uh, next, next week. Yeah. So... Here's hoping for that. Next up, the rising of the shield hero. So, uh, personally, I am actually, I just, I love, I love the rising of the shield hero. I think for the winter 2019 anime that we're watching week to week, I feel like all of them are really, really good. That's why we're watching them. <laughs> I didn't know, but, but, but still. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, I love that. Yeah, go ahead. Go, ahead. go, 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 go. Reptalia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, what happened in this episode? We have um, Nafumi, Reptalia, Reptalia, and Philo. Right? They have sort of fallen into this, I guess, cycle where. Basically, Nafumi just ends up going around cleaning up after the other heroes because the other heroes are basically treating this world like it's a video game. 
and they're not thinking about the consequences of their actions. So in the last episode, we had him cleaning up after the spear hero in this magical plant that ended up devastating one of the cities, you know? In this episode, we have Nabumi cleaning up after the sword hero who killed a dragon. And um, basically, oh, go ahead. The dragon's corpse or whatever, uh, the blood and everything was seeking into the land and it caused, it caused poison. This, caused poison in the air, which really hurt all the people in the village and made them all deathly ill. Yeah. And many people died. Yeah. And basically, and it wasn't even that they were like drinking the water or anything. It was the fact that just simply the smell of the decaying dragon carcass coming off the mountain was like literally killing them. And so Nafumi comes and he's like, what's going on? And of course the villagers fill him in. And Nafumi's like, of course, he's like the, the sword hero. He's like, he's 16 and he probably thinks it's like a video game. But even he has to know that when you kill something, it's going to decay and rot. And he's like, well, in a video game, when you kill something, it just disappears. Yeah. You know, that's not so, something you have to consider. So he probably didn't think about it. Right. So Nafumi is like... He heals all of the people, and then the doctor comes in. He's like, okay, thank you so much for healing them. And Nafumi's like, okay, so I just healed their symptoms. They're going to get worse again. You know that, right? And he's like, yeah, but none of us are strong enough to go deal with the dragon, and the venturers can't deal with the dragon either, so we really don't have any choice. And Nafumi's like, well, did you put in a request for, you know... The, for the king basically to help you yeah. he's like yeah we did but we're like we got slated and we're supposed to talk to them like in a week or two or something like that and so Nafumi's like okay I'll handle it for you cancel and, the request and, and pay me that money pay me the money that you were gonna pay uh, for the king to deal with it and so Nafumi goes and of course everything goes awry because Philo hates dragons yep so when she sees the dragon she goes berserk and just starts attacking, attacking. it because, oh, fun fact, zombie dragon. When they get there, the dragon corpse basically, like, comes back alive, mm-hmm. and, you know, in the form of, like, a zombie dragon. Yeah. And they have to fight it. So then Philo starts to, of Go course, fight it. And Even though Nafumi's like, hold on, wait. She stop. doesn't listen. We have to fight together. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's like a child. She doesn't listen. She just goes on instinct yep. or whatever. And she gets eaten. Yep. She gets eaten, and we see blood just gush out of the dragon's mouth. And so when Rattalia and Nafumi see this, they kind of lose it. Nafumi especially, because it's kind of like back at the um, the duel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He loses it. And and he he unlocks that curse series thing Mm -hmm. again. But this time it was like on steroids. Yeah, he's got like this curse series shield, and it's on fire, and he's like. And he has like these like skill tree tattoos that like came over his body. Yeah, and he's like fighting the dragon. Like the dragon attacks him, and he just puts up a shield and basically stops him with his bare hands. But it's just like he basically turns into like this raging ball of hate, and all you can see are clips of mine. Yeah, and it's just and like how you, much he hates her. You realize like how much this man really hates the princess because that's all you see. You don't see the spear hero. You don't see any of that. You just see like his embodiment of hate is her. her. And it's just like yo, that's kind of that hatred running yeah. deep. And Retalia sees this and she's like, if he keeps going like this, he's not coming back. So she, she goes and grabs him. onto him or whatever. But he's and, surrounded in like flames. And or whatever. In, in this curse, he's surrounded. 
or whatever, but she goes, holds on to him, says some sweet words, whatever, he comes back to reality or whatever, but now Raftalia's been cursed because she was uh, on him while he was using this curse series or whatever, and it was and, out of control. And he tried to heal her, but obviously his healing magic wasn't working because she's cursed. Yeah. And so fast forward, you know, Philo turns out she's not dead and she pecks her way out from the inside of the dragon. Yeah, apparently the blood was actually just like some red berries or whatever that she threw up when she got when she got chomped on. Yeah. And um, they deal with the dragon and they take Raftalia back to the village. And um, Nafumi is like, everything that you were going to pay me, use it to heal Raftalia. I don't care how much it costs. Or whatever. And then they're basically like, we have holy water, but our holy water isn't holy enough to deal with the curse on this level. Yeah. And that kind of tickled me. I'm like, so y'all have prayed over the water? Like, <laughs> like what were y'all saying? Like, how is your holy water not holy enough? What? Yeah. Okay. It's like, it's like, what? That's crazy. And then I was thinking, all right, simple solution. Now, for me, he has the power to like upgrade everything, you know? So it's like, He's just going to use this ability, upgrade the holy water, and then she's going to be fine. No. He didn't even try it, so it makes me think I'm going to be really upset if later on, when she's, like, about to die or anything, and that's when he finally tries to upgrade the holy water, and it just works, I would be really upset. I feel like... But they're going to go on a journey to get this holy water. Yeah, because they said, they mentioned that there is more holy water. (laughs) More holy water higher grade holy water yeah because you know in the city obviously they're not worshiping the holy of holies here in this town clearly not (laughs) clearly not clearly not so anyway they're supposed to go and uh get this holy water and that's the only thing that can cure raftalia so i'm thinking the next episode is probably going to be them going to go get the holy water to clear up and he's gonna have to i guess maybe acknowledge their relationship or something i don't know i feel like this is going to be like some type of growing point for them like they're not really being what is it shipped like there's no wind in their ship for it to sail yet but i feel like this is if there's going to be a moment i feel like this is probably going to be that moment yeah i'm honestly not looking forward to that i hope that's not what's gonna happen here i don't think it is i think nafumi is kind of done with females in this universe because of mine and i think he has 100 percent no interest in them no i agree but, and i think um, that well way too and i think we're gonna see that while i still think that they are going to examine their relationship it's going to show that nafumi while he does love rostalia it's in like a parental way or a guardian type way it's not in a romantic type way or the way one loves like their siblings it's like yeah i love my brother i love your siblings but like i'm not trying to go shack up with them or anything so i think yeah so I'm looking forward to the next episode. Um, I am too, and I really hope the next episode follows the same line as the previous episodes have been following. And by that, I mean they solve this new problem all in one episode, because I really love the way the show does that. I guess I have Shokugeki on the brain, because all I, think, all I was thinking about as you were doing the circle was how uh, Soma had to teach Meat Meat that... Um, a bowl, a, a bowl meal has to be a complete meal in one, and the episodes have to complete one whole arc in yes. each episode, I guess. I don't know. I just think I just have food and Shokugeki on the brain. Alright, well, let's move on. We'll talk more about Shokugeki later. Yeah, so The Promise Neverland, which, <laughs> I love The Promise Neverland. 
this is by far my favorite anime this season. Maybe, like, honestly, I think it's in my top five anime, favorite anime, like, ever. Honestly, at this point. Ever? Ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's up there with One Piece because I took the time out of my day and my life to read the manga. Yes, there are very few that you can say, like, you took the time to, like, hey, And I so actively good. did it. Like, I'm, you didn't force me to. I was just like, let's do this. Yeah, I understand that. I do. The top five, like, I'd have to examine that list to make sure. I mean, cause there are some there are some monsters on that list. I think but, The uh, Promise Neverland is the only one that I would willingly go back and either reread or rewatch or both from the beginning. I, I probably could say that about all my top five. But, you know, maybe we'll uh, make that a discussion for another time. Maybe. Because that could be a whole podcast right there. But this episode of The Promised Neverland has it was us. crazy. First of all, like, there's nothing but craziness coming at you from the left and from the right this whole episode. First, we have Sister Crone. And Sister Crone, you know, at the end of last episode, she was getting a letter from Mom right she opens the letter and it's like oh congratulations you're being moved to plant three for the mom position and mom is like oh yes i've been recommending you for a while and they're finally giving it to you so it's sad to see you go but i hope you'll work hard there as well and sister crone she knows what she knows what the situation is so she's like you know what i'm not gonna let you have things go your way so she goes and she puts something in one of the drawers for the kids and then she, you know, packs herself up and then she leaves, right? And then she gets to the gate and grandma uh, and is then, waiting for her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, this is my final chance. And so basically she shows whatever's written on the note. We still don't know what's on the note. I mean, we have theories, but that's... Yeah, we have theories of what's on the note, but we don't know what's on the note. But whatever it was was supposed to get... get um, What's her name? Elizabeth? Isabella. Isabella. In like in major trouble. trouble. Yeah. And... um. Sorry, you guys. But yeah, it was supposed to get Isabella in major trouble. And it didn't. Grandma was like, basically like, you are not fit to take Isabella's place. She is part of my plan. Her plan is basically untouchable. And now you're getting in my way. So Sister Crone is just like, ah, so that was the situation. She's like, I didn't even have a chance of winning. She's like, I was playing the game and I wasn't even a pawn in the game. Yeah, because basically the way it was set up was just like, um, mom, um, I keep saying mom, Isabella. Isabella, basically, she has the kids under control, and that's all that grandma cares, cares about, about because grandma seemed like she was the original mom for Isabella back in the day, mm-hmm. and Isabella tried to escape too, but she kept her under control. control. And she's and like, that's the so biggest she's thing. Like, like, not, it's not a problem. Yeah, she's as like, long as she has them under control. Just like it was back in my day. As long as she's got them under control, it doesn't matter. Because what I think it is... Our job is to feed the highest quality meat. And that's what this farm is all about. So as long as that objective is still met, it doesn't matter. Who knows? As long as they're still under control. And here's the thing. I think that it's important that they're kept under control. Because I feel like the kids who find out are always the highest grade. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they're like can't just ship them out whenever because those are the the highest grade because think about it don and gilda are supposed to be top quality they're th- they're not the highest grade but they're still supposed to be top quality and they didn't figure out that they're food yeah you know even so. even norman and um and um 
Emma wouldn't have figured out that they were food without help. Yeah, without Ray. So I think that's just something to to consider. But yeah, so anyway, Sister Crone gets eaten. And there's like, it was kind of like One Piece where you have like this really peppy, cheery song with like this really dark stuff going on. Yeah. On the other side, like Promise Neverland had that same thing going on. So like you have the kids saying... Uh, thank you for the food and they're eating their food they're like where's sister crone or whatever and mom's just like oh she had stuff she had to take care of yeah she's working don't worry about it and of course norman ray and emma are like oh snap like where's crone like they share this look what like is she like uh spying on us is she like Like, searching through our stuff like like, what's going on what's going on but regardless they uh go to proceed with their plan the next day which Wait, is but you have to you skip over the part where they show sister crone's like childhood from beginning to end and then basically she ends up getting eaten by a demon yeah yeah she gets eaten by a demon by crone that's what happens at the end of her conversation with grandma grandma walks away demon walks up and crone, crone, crone puts up a fight though she's not crone going down up a fight. easy um uh, it does nothing to the demon. It doesn't. But, at but she, least tried. she tried. She tried. She tried and she fell. Yeah. And we see her dead. Yep. And then that's only like half the episode. And then, as Mr. Otaku was saying, they proceed to go on with their inspection because the last part of their plan before they can escape, before their action and plan into action, is they just have to see what is on the other side of the wall. Like, yeah, we can climb it, but what the yeah, so they proceed with their plan or whatever, and it's Ray's job to distract mom while Norman and um, Emma Emma go and check out the wall. And then um, Gilda, Gilda and Don are, are lookouts, right? So Ray's distracting mom, everything's going as planned. The other two are running towards the wall, and then mom's just like, Hey, Ray, I got rid of Sister Crumb. And Ray's like, what? what? And he runs to Sister Crone's room and sees all her stuff is gone. And he's like, what? You got rid of her? Whatever. And Mom's like, yeah, I got rid of her because I didn't need her anymore. Just like I don't need you. <laughs> and it was just like, whoa, like, what's happening here? Like, Ray's been caught. He's been found out. She knows he's a traitor. And what she basically just ends up locking him in the room and goes after um, Emma and Norman. But it's like she gives this really ominous, like before that she's like really ominous. She looks at Ray. She's like, I'm sorry. I hope you can forgive me for what I'm about to do. And then she locks him in the room. Yes. And and so she comes out the house and when Don and Gilda see her come out the house and Ray didn't give a signal letting them know that she was coming, they were like, what's going on? They're like, something is wrong. Don so, runs into the house, finds Ray, Don breaks down the door. Because Don is a thug. I realized that there was a reason that they needed somebody else, and it was for this moment. Don is Don is stronger than the other ones, I'm telling you. Don might not be as smart as them, but Don, that's, that's the reason why he was the one punching people in the, in, those, in a couple episodes ago. Hey. <laughs> Lifting them off their feet when he was punching them. Yeah. Yeah. So he just straight runs into the door, shoulders it, knocks the whole thing off the frame. It's not like he just pushes it inwards. He knocks the whole door off the frame. Top hinge and bottom hinge, same time. No problem. And 
then him and Ray run out and then they grab Gilda and they're like no matter what they have to do the inspection because they'll never get another chance mom knows the cover is blown go 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 and they're sprinting right and then mom shows up and then but Why Norman and Emma you realize how fast mom has to be to catch up with them because you realize they had a good head start good head start and it's not like they were walking a stroll like they were sprinting yes. the whole time and as soon as they get the 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 rope out the tree Norma's like Emma and she's like I know and she just she throws the bag into the woods and, and then mom, mom walks up and she's like and they're like hey mom you know what are you doing out here she's like let's not pretend we can talk to each other honestly like, for like, the first time we've been living together for 10 years and we can talk to each other honestly for the first, first time, time. I'm the caretaker, and you're the children who are going to become food. Stop pretending that you're good little boys and girls. And then they have this whole conversation, and then they look each, look at each other, and then Norman's like, okay, mom, I'll stop, stop pretending, pretending to be a good, good boy. boy. <laughs> and so Ray goes for the rope bag, and no, Emma... not Ray. No, not Ray. Norman Ray. goes for the bag of rope, and Emma, she's like... She runs towards mom and, and she, she just like, grabs her. She like bear hugs him to try to keep her in yeah. the same place. And she's like, even if it's just for a little bit, and Norman is running and running, and then all of a sudden, all you hear is and then and silence. Can't. And then you hear and then you look back, and Ray and Gilda and Don have caught up, and Norman is frozen in his tracks. And we see mom has broken Emma's leg. Yes, she broke her And then leg. she just reaches into her pocket. She pulls out some bandages, ties it with the stick. Yeah. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Lies! Lies. You just broke her leg. Lies! You just broke my leg. Do not hug me and tell me it doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's like... But it's just kind of like, the rest of them are just like, she is not above hurting us. And then she drops the biggest bomb. She's like, congratulations, Norman. Your shipment date has been set for tomorrow. Yeah. So. And they're just like, and then all of them are like floored. Yeah. And then that's the end of the episode. Yeah, it's real. And she ends up carrying Emma back to the house. Yeah. And then the other kids, they're like, what, what, what happened, happened to Emma? Emma? Because if you remember, Emma is supposed to be this really, really super athletic person you know emma's been keep in mind this forest is all they've known there shouldn't be anything in this forest that she should be able to trip over or anything and not know it's there and then to think about it she's been teaching them how to play tag and run through the forest better so it's like if she's teaching them you're telling me that emma was doing something that all of a sudden she just broke her leg like that's unheard of yeah so the other kids they're like whoa what's going on yeah and if you read the manga it's like it gives you a completely different perspective on what happened. After the end of this season, I highly recommend either you go read the manga or you rewatch the season because you will see it in a completely different, different manner. manner when you rewatch it and you know all the information because you'll catch all the little clues that were there the whole time. And it's just it makes this episode even better. We're not going to tell you about it because we don't want to spoil it. But I remember we were reading re-watch the manga it and then. For sure. Re, re, re-watch the first episode because we had your mom and your aunt watch it and then we went back and I think we watched like episode 4 and we were just like oh it makes sense now so even if you go and re-watch the anime from the beginning like even now like, like 
if you're caught up with the anime or whatever, you already know Raze the Traitor and everything. If you go back and rewatch those first episodes before they found out Raze the Traitor, Traitor? it's very obvious that Raze the Traitor. Yeah, there are little signs everywhere. And it's just like, it's so good. There are so many levels to it, and it's so good. Yeah, it's it's, it's really good. It's really thought out. Promise Neverland. Awesome. But um, we could probably talk about this forever, so we're going to pause here, and we're going to have a little ad break. All right, so now that we are back from our ad break and we have gone through most of our weekly anime, we still have one more left. Yep. And then we have the anime that we binged this week. Yep. So, so, the last of our weekly anime. Domestic Girlfriend, episode number eight. So, honestly, like, I think I was talking to someone on Twitter and they asked me if this, if Domestic Girlfriend was like a harem anime. And honestly, it's not because I think you said something along that lines too. Like you thought it was going to be a harem anime. And yeah, because there's one boy and several girls in the intro. Like four girls in the intro, but it's not. And in this episode, kind of makes it clear that this is not a harem anime. It's just about one boy, and he's got this really complicated life with these two girls that he kind of sort of likes one of them he really really likes and is like probably completely in love with and the other one he kind of likes because she's like accessible mm-hmm. you know and it just so happens that both of them happen to be his sisters which they, makes they things end up way more sisters. complicated yep. so and one of them is also his teacher so there's know. so much red tape but anyway in this episode um basically Hina walks in on not so well kissing Rui. Rui. And she's just like, of course he chases after her. He's like, it's not what it looks like. And she's like, you know, there's nothing that you can say to me right now that I'm going to believe. So just leave me alone. Yeah. And, and then, then Rui goes and talks to her and tells how, you know, she initiated everything or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And that she kind of likes him mm-hmm. and everything. And so. Yeah. And how she really doesn't care that it's her brother. Yeah, she's like, we're not related by blood or anything, so it's not that big of a deal or whatever. And I guess Hina had this moment where she is just like, kind of like, it's not fair. Because honestly, for Rui and Natsuo, it's like, that's a fair assessment. It's like, we're not related by blood and it's not strange. You know, they're in the same age group. They go to the same school. And honestly, they had already met each other before their parents got married. Yeah. You know, so there's that. But it's like with Hina, it's like you're his sister, but you're also his teacher. So it's like that makes it kind of worse. But anyway, they have this talk and basically um, they ended up going or they um, Hina decides, Hina decides she's going to move out. She's going to move out. And then, of course, everyone's like, why are you moving out? And, of course, Rui and Natsuo think it's about them. And she's like, well, no, I stayed with you guys because I was worried about you. But, you know, now that you've moved into the new house and everybody is getting comfortable and the dust has settled, I just think it's time for me to be an adult on my own and go get my own place instead Which of living makes with my sense. parents. Which is- because we always thought it was weird that she stayed with them anyway, anyway. because she's grown. She has a job. I mean. Yeah. It's just, there are a lot of things that didn't make sense with that. So I was like, yeah. And then basically, they both talked to her about it. Like, are you moving out because of what I did? And she's like, no. But when she talks to not so well, she explains that um, it's really because, like, the more time that she spends with him, 
the harder it's getting to deny her feelings for him. And it's just not something that they can do. So they have this whole scene because they have like a festival or whatever. And of course, they all show up in Yukatas. I think that's how you say Yukatas. And um, they're all having a good time. Hina drops her phone in the fish pond thing. And um, Natsuo finds her, leads her away. They have their whole conversation that we just discussed. And they have a little hug and they hold hands when they're walking away. Yeah, which makes it seem like I think what's going to happen is Hina's going to get her own place, but then that's only going to make it more likely that Natsuo and her are going to have some type of forbidden affair. Yeah. That's what it seems like. I don't. I don't want him to end up with Hina. I kind of wish that he had taken the advice of his friend at the very beginning and he was like, you need to let this go. Like, if you confess your feelings to her, that's fine, but you need to let this go. Like, there's just too much red tape around all of this. I wish he had taken that advice, honestly. But it seems like Hina's gonna be the quote-unquote main love interest with Rui, just kind of hanging on to his coattails because she doesn't necessarily realize that he is in love with her. Her older sister. Yeah. You know? But she does realize there's something there because she did walk in on him trying to kiss her when she was asleep at one point. Yeah. So I think she has suspicions, but she's like not worried about it. I think she just kind of brushed it off because he's like, well, I mean, it was an attractive woman to sleep on the couch in my house. So I kind of just gave into an urge. And she's probably like, oh, okay, well, yeah. yeah that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But um, there's more to it. So I'm interested to see where this goes because honestly, in my opinion, this can end really well or it can just take a far turn to the left and just end as a really crappy anime. Yep. And let's just hope for the better. Yeah. All right. And the last anime that we're talking about this week is Bloom Into You. Yeah. Yep. 13 Um, episodes. Watched it dub on Verve. It's uh, one of those high dive animes. mm Mm-hmm. And it's a Yuri anime. It's a Yuri anime. So honestly, when we first started watching this, I thought it was going to be more like uh, Citrus. And they're nothing pretty alike, except they're in the same genre, honestly. Um, Blooming to You, it follows the story of you, Y-U-U, and the class president. Um, I can't remember her name. I can't remember her name. She's now class president. So... Basically, use a first year and um, class president is a second year, right? And she runs for class president. And what is her name? Did you find it? No, I haven't found it. Okay. Well, anyway, you class president runs for class president. And she enlists you as her campaign manager, right? Because you is this person, um, I guess you would call her asexual, I guess. She doesn't have romantic feelings towards anyone. She thinks that when you fall in love, it should be like walking on air or floating or whatever. And she has never felt that because a boy confessed to her and she was just like... And, and so she eventually turns him down and the class president after you know because you talks to her about it because you accidentally catches her turning someone down at yeah. the very beginning and 
she talks to her about it and she's basically like hey you just need to tell him your true feelings like he told you his feelings so you have that same right to tell him how you feel or whatever and so when he calls she tells him and then I guess watching her reject somebody and being told that she can't feel anything for anybody because up until this point the class president was like that too she just didn't feel butterflies or anything for anybody else she all of a sudden just falls for you yeah it's just like oh i think i think i'm feeling i think i'm feeling those fireworks now yeah but yeah and, and you just kind of like toko by the way toko yes toko thank you and so toko is just like i fill in those fireworks with you and you was just like huh say what now i thought you said you couldn't feel this for anybody i thought you were like me i thought you were like me and so basically it goes on and to it the whole anime is basically about toko and use relationship because toko is basically like living her life to become her older sister who died unexpected unexpected unexpectedly <laughs> there we go and everyone's like oh she was so special and she was so great and so basically toko turns herself into her older sister right and you sees this and she's just kind of like you should just be yourself like why are you trying to turn yourself into some other person and toko is like look i love you but i'd rather die than hear you say that all of my efforts are in vain and that i shouldn't do it or whatever so they come up with this deal where you is always going to be with toko by her side and she's not going to date anybody else or look at anybody else or fall in love with anybody else right yeah but, but she she's also, also but she also doesn't want um, you to fall in love with her either. She wants it to stay exactly the same. She wants it to stay one-sided. And basically, she's like, I hate everything about myself, so I can never love someone who loves me, because how could I love someone who loves the things that I hate? You know? And it's just like, you basically spends the entire anime just like that one friend who's like always around yeah but like they like they make out occasionally because yeah but it's always yeah you let her but it's always one-sided yeah she never initiates anything she never tries to do anything or whatever but but slowly she starts falling for her or whatever but she doesn't she never says anything yeah she keeps it one-sided because she knows that that's basically the deal that they have yeah, and if um, and if she tells Toko that, then Toko's gonna leave her, pretty much. Yeah. So it was it was cute or whatever. I really just like the different ways where how you just kept turning down Toko and kept messing with her. I thought it was funny and amusing. Honestly, honestly. I thought it was funny how much Toko loved that you that she knew that you was gonna turn her down because there was this one moment where they were talking and. Uh, in her mind, Toko was like, you know, what's so great about you is that even though I talk to her about my day, I know that deep down, she doesn't really care. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, stop. <laughs> and um, of course, there's more complicated matters. Of course, Toko has a best friend who is also in love with her. And she keeps it a secret because it's like, she's my best friend. So if I tell her that I love her, then that'll change our relationship and she won't be my friend anymore. And that's not okay with me. And um, there's a first year boy. His name is Maki. He sees uh, Toko kissing you one day by accident. 
And so he gets in on their secret and then he's like talking to you about it. And he's like, no, we're not dating. He's like, okay, you say that. She's like, no, really we're not. He's like, okay, fine. You're not dating, whatever. But she's like, can you just like not tell anybody? He's like, okay, sure, fine. And basically he's just like, I'm a spectator. I don't fall in love with anybody. If anybody falls in love with me, I'm just like, eh, no. That's weird. It's like when I'm watching a movie, I don't want the person on screen falling in love with the audience. That's not cool. That's not okay. That's not interesting. So, and they have this moment where they allude to the fact that maybe you isn't actually like not interested in Toko. It's just that she she's one of those people where it's like it's not love at first sight. It takes her a while to okay. to fall in love with somebody. That's what they're kind of alluding to. But um this season ended like what I would think is in the middle because they they've been working on this play we don't see the play we don't see the resolution to any of the problems that were presented uh Sayaka who's Toko's best friend still pretty much hates you because I think she kind of realizes that there's something between them but she's like I'm her best friend I'm the closest I'm the person who's closest to her so if she's not talking to you I'm not going to tell you anything you know and she basically treats you like a pariah yeah, but um, there are a lot of little facets to the story, but it was a fun watch, and I think we should just kind of leave it at that. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much it for what we watched this week. Um, let's uh, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, so. Um, Next week, we're watching all the same things, um, minus Blooming to You, obviously. Not watching uh, that again. Not watching right that again. Instead, we will be watching Shokugeki no Soma Season 3. Food Wars. The third plate. Yep. And I'm actually so excited because as y'all can tell, Shokugeki has been on my mind. And um, we've been playing Overcooked. Yeah, we've been playing Overcooked, and which is a really fun game on the Xbox. Um, it's one of the few games that you can play locally, multiplayer. Yeah. You know, we don't have to play online or across the internet on multiple Xboxes and multiple TVs. We can sit there and play together, which is really fun. Yeah. But and over hilarious. The, the last probably three or four weeks, we've been going back and watching the first, first and second season of uh, um, Shokugeki. Like, we went dub. back to the very beginning when he hadn't even left Yukihira yet, all the way up through the fall selection, and now they're in all the way through the, uh, what was it? Um... If you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. The something tier. Um, yeah, where basically where he goes, they go out, and it's basically like their their work internship or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just finished that. So. Yeah, so we went back and watched all that stuff in the dub version this time, because um, obviously when we watched it the first time, everything was sub. There was no dub version of it. So we went back um, one day just to find something casual to watch, and we've been watching it in our spare time now since we've rewatched seasons one and two. It's the perfect time to start season three in the sub. Yeah. So that is what we are watching this upcoming week. Yep. 24 episodes of goodness and lots of food and lots of good recipes. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yep. It's going to be awesome. All right. So um, that is it for this episode of the I'd Rather Anime podcast. If you liked it, please make sure that you subscribe to it and then tell your friends about it so that they can listen and subscribe too. If you haven't already, please make sure that you follow us on Twitter at I'd Rather Anime and check us out at I'dRatherAnime.com. We know you could be doing other things, but we're glad that you decided to anime with us today. Until next time, folks. Peace. Out.
Yeah, because they said they mentioned that there is more holy water. <laughs> more Hi. holy water. Higher grade holy water. Yeah. Because, you know. In the city. Obviously, they're not worshiping the holy of holies here in this town. Clearly not. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all you hear is. <laughs> and then and silence. And then you hear. Lies! You just broke her leg. Lies! You just broke my leg. Do not hug me and tell me it doesn't hurt. So, like, can we watch some anime now? <laughs>